Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Before we hit that Run DMC theme song and get to talk about this incredibly frustrating Sacramento Kings-Dallas Mavericks game, I'd like to let you know that today's edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoop Ball is brought to you by Manscaped. I don't know if Manscaped does anything for your jump shot or your ability to win a basketball game, but it does do something for your grooming and it helps prevent, well, manscaping accidents. Doesn't help prevent defensive accidents. Otherwise, I'd ship a whole crate of these to Orlando in hopes of getting the Sacramento Kings a win sometime before this restart happens. But uh, if you've ever manscaped and you've ever had an accident before, uh, this is the technology for you. This is the device for you, the Lawnmower 3.0. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HoopBall20. That'll get you 20% off of your order and free shipping. 20% off your order plus free shipping. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20. It's got an LED light. You can use it in the shower, whatever you need. It will help with your manscaping. It'll help with your grooming. You'll like it. Your girl will like it. Now, let's get to basketball. You know what? Better yet, hold on. They, they ain't even worthy of that Run DMC theme song today. They, they don't get the Run DMC intro. We're just going to get right into this. Entering today's game. The Dallas Mavericks were 2-10 in games decided by three points or less. The Dallas Mavericks were 14-23 in games that entered clutch time this season. Clutch time is defined as within five in the final five minutes. This game went to overtime, and the Dallas Mavericks added a number to the win column in each of those categories. 114-110, the Dallas Mavericks beat the Sacramento Kings in a game where the Sacramento Kings played pretty well. In a game in which the Sacramento Kings had well, some semblance of control through the bulk of the game. Had a great first quarter. We'll break down. We'll go quarter to quarter. We're here post-game. We'll bring you the uh, the tape or whatever we got to watch or whatever Luke Walton says. We'll bring you the press conferences we always do. We'll try to get some players' reaction along the way. Maybe we can get Vlade's reaction to Luka Doncic going for 34, 20, and 12. 34 points, 20 rebounds, 12 of 6, for those keeping track, that is back-to-back triple-doubles against the Sacramento Kings. 12 of 24 shooting. This, this, There is so much blame to go around. I want to just point out, I don't know if you can hear this, that little knock you heard right there is my glass. I've been drinking Terramonison somewhere around the midpoint of the fourth quarter. I don't care if it's, what time is it, 2.30 in the afternoon? It's quarantine. It's basketball season. We're in the bubble. I can drink Terramonison if we want to. There's a lot of blame to go around. Bogey actually hit a shot. Like, it's comical that Bogey hit the second-to-last shot of the game. Like, that turnaround, just garbage heave into the sky. Like, he hit it. Sorry that the sound is playing. Just turned around and managed to get that shot to fall in. Absolutely extraordinary. One of 15 Bogdan Bogdanovich was. Am I going to blame Bogdan Bogdanovich? Absolutely not. What about Buddy Heald? How'd he play today? 8 of 20 from the field. 5 of 14 from 3, 4 turnovers, 21 points. You look at that and you go, 21 points from Buddy Heald. Nope. 
Nah, there's some blame on Buddy. There's some blame on Coach Luke Walton. And just out of curiosity, where in the hell was Kent Bazemore in the final minutes of the game? How many players on the Sacramento Kings are more reliable than Kent Bazemore? No, he's not the dynamic shooter. No, he's not the dynamic playmaker that De'Aaron Fox is, but I sure wouldn't mind having him in the game. Why not run him instead of Corey Joseph? What is the Kings' fascination with Corey Joseph? I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like Corey Joseph. But was he really is is he is he that much better? Like the, the minute description, the 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 minute discrepancy. Excuse me. Kent Bazemore twenty four. Corey Joseph forty two. Sorry, what? Kent Baz Kent Bazemore was making plays every time he was in the game. Harry Giles thirteen minutes. Come on, man. What are, what are we talking about here? Let's let's start blaming people. Let's point let's point out the obvious too, because a lot of Kings fans are going to be talking uh, about this particular number. The Kings were eight of twelve from the foul line. Eight of twelve. I repeat, the Kings were eight of twelve from the foul line. The Dallas Mavericks, thirty nine out of fifty. 50 free throw attempts to 12. Now, you can look at the game at a couple of points, particularly with De'Aaron Fox, and go, damn, man, De'Aaron couldn't get a call there. Man, De'Aaron's working the basket. They just couldn't get a call. Problem is, when a referee crew is so conditioned as never seeing a team penetrate to the basket, which really only De'Aaron did. By the way, how smart is Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes got the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter with the Kings still holding on to a lead and penetrated to the basket on back-to-back possessions and was able to get foul calls on both of them. And instead of taking the cue from him, no, we just went around trying to move the ball. Shots not falling. Bogey continued to miss. He was 0 of 13 at the point. He wound up being 0 of 14. People all over social media screaming, why is Bogdan Bogdanovich in the game? Why not put Buddy Heald in the game? Well, we get to overtime. Oh, Bogdan Bogdanovich isn't in the game. Here comes Buddy Heald. All right, let's see what the strategy here. We know Bogey's not hitting. Maybe Buddy can get something going. Buddy hits a three. Bang! I love it. The next defensive possession. Buddy takes that three-point lead that he just gave the Sacramento Kings away by fouling a three-point shooter, and immediately the game is tied. So how does Buddy get back on the other offensive end of the position? What does he do? He throws the ball out of bounds. That's why Buddy Heald cannot be in in clutch time in close games. Well, clutch time is close games. That's why Buddy Heal can't be in in those minutes. You can't rely on Buddy to make the right play. Where? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to title this podcast. Where was Kent Bazemore? This is no longer the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hootball. It is the Where Was Kent Bazemore podcast presented by Hootball. Who would you rather have in the game in that moment? Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was 0-14 at the time. Buddy Heald, who it seems like every single Sacramento Kings fan is frustrated with, and then he went ISO Buddy there in the final minutes of overtime. Or Kent Bazemore, the guy you can regularly depend on to make the right play. When the press conferences yesterday were done, all of the quotes across social media were coming out. Who were they coming out from? Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore has been a Sacramento King for about six and a half seconds, and he's the guy who's got to call teammates together and get things done? He's got a guy, and I'll say this about the Kings. You go back and you look at that first quarter. Really, you, you go back and look, look at the entire game. This game felt different. It, it, it looked different. 
let me let me let me settle down. I'm I'm way too active. Woosa. All right. We're good. Let's start from the beginning. There was a change in the starting lineup, which Luke Walton said that there there might be. He said that in his press conference yesterday. He was asked, I think it was by uh, James Ham, uh, if he anticipated any any changes coming. And actually, I think I think I have that clip here. It's a, it's a hell of a clip. I'd like for you to hear it because not only does he talk about change, he talks about growing and he talks about inspiring and he talks about all sorts of useless nonsense. Here's Luke Walton. Yeah, we're looking at some things, but it, it, it's definitely not a panic button, James. This this uh, this whole eight game tournament for me is is let's let's um, let's continue to build, continue to grow, and we want to win. Um, but we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna panic and and try to you know blow everything up. But like we understand the circumstances of what we're at, uh, where we're at, living in a bubble, everything else. Um, this a this is a great opportunity for for again for us to inspire, um, bring people together now. You know, with with the sport of basketball, and then personally for our team to grow. So we're gonna keep uh, you know that as the priority. Um, but yet, you know, we're looking at some different rotation lineup changes, um, or group grouping changes uh, as we prepare for Dallas. Let's all hold hands and talk about how the Sacramento Kings have inspired us, and how how Luke Walton has has inspired us, and how we're looking for growth and change. The hell, the fact that the playoffs are within reach—we don't need that. We're in a bubble. We're operating in a pandemic. We're doing something that has never been done in history before, and by the grace of God, will never ever have to be done again. But yeah, let's grow. Let's focus on getting better for next season because that's exactly what our fan base would like. With the playoffs just a hair out of reach. But to go back to the beginning of that soundbite, and that clip is not from today. That clip is from yesterday. Uh, to go back to that soundbite there, he said, yeah, we're expecting some changes, and changes expected they made. Uh, Nemanja Bialica was out of the starting lineup. You think it would take an act of God to get him out of the starting lineup, but they finally did. It wasn't an act of God. It was just a beatdown by the Orlando Magic. So you got Nemanja Bialica out of the game. Corey Joseph is in. You got Corey Joseph. De'Aaron, Bogey, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes. Boom! There's your starting lineup. And this, this, this squad, they got out there and they were balling. They led 12 to 4, but for the first time out, uh, players were moving. There was an offense. There was ball movement. Okay. I'm going to repeat that lineup to you one more time because it's going to come into play. There's going to be a quiz later. De'Aaron, Bogey, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, and the addition of Corey Joseph. All right. Kings wound up actually hitting a a franchise record tying nine threes in the first quarter. And after giving up 40-plus points in the first quarter of each of the first two games of the restart, they held the Dallas Mavericks to a respectable 27. And they led by 10 headed into halftime. Or, excuse me, they led by 10 headed into the second quarter. So it's like, hey, all right. You saw the team being significantly more active. You saw the team being significantly more vocal. Uh, I think Buddy Heald's first, de- and, and I know I'm picking on Buddy Heald. I understand that. On his first defensive possession, uh, he he missed his assignment. And I think it was Porzingis got a dunk. And I think it was here the, the, the theme of the podcast. I think it was Kent Bazemore 
It could have been De'Aaron, but I think it was Kent Bazemore that got into him, and they they were very vocal about where each other should be. And it wasn't just Buddy. It was it was Harry. It was, it was all of them. They were holding each other accountable. There was there was accountability for a while out there on the floor with the Sacramento Kings today. That 10-point lead shrank to four at halftime, but still plenty to be happy about headed into the break. Feel good about that. One thing you don't feel good about, and it was the theme throughout the day, is the free throw discrepancy. And I am praying, whether it's Jason Jones or Sean Cunningham or James Ham, I'm praying somebody ask Luke Walton about this discrepancy. And I want to see if he blames it on the referees or if he puts the onus on his team. I don't think Luke Walton does a lot of, I, I don't think he does that. I don't think he blames the referees. I have my issues with Luke Walton, his approach to these press conferences and watching the tape. And I can't wait to hear uh, at what point in the press conference that phrase is uttered. But five of six in the first half, that's what the Sacramento Kings were. Five of six in the first half, from the foul line. The Dallas Mavericks, 22 of 27. Again, it is a theme that went on throughout the entire game. Five, And, and, and I told you how it ended. I'll repeat it. Uh, 8 of 12 for the Sacramento Kings. 39 of 50. So damn near a perfect representation uh, in each of the halves. For the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks. And then, of course, you've got the, you know, the Luka Doncic story, which we... Uh, just mentioned a few moments ago, the incredible stat line he had, his 16th career triple-double, uh, excuse me, his 16th triple-double of the year, his 24th of his career, and his second straight against the Sacramento Kings. So, who are we to blame for this? Because this is the third straight loss, and at some point, you've got to look ahead and go, okay, mathematically, Sacramento Kings aren't out of this. Mathematically, given what's ahead of them, it's going to be a while before they are actually out of it. But you've also got to look at this and go, there's really no reason for me to believe that the Sacramento Kings are going to win a game anytime soon. They've got the New Orleans Pelicans coming up uh, on Thursday. They've got a back-to-back. Who is the second game against? I I keep wanting to say it's against Brooklyn. I had this brain hiccup uh, earlier this morning uh, on the podcast with Damian Barling, which is my podcast that you can listen to. Uh, it's available here on this podcast platform that you're listening to this one. on. And yeah, the back-to-back, it's a 10.30 start, a 10.30 Pacific Standard Time start against the New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, and then the back-to-back will be against the Brooklyn Nets. That's a 2 p.m. start, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it is. It's the Pelicans and the Nets. Nets get their first win last night. You've got Houston and Portland tonight. You're pulling for the Rockets like crazy in that one. And now you, you're, you're doing this nonsense where you've got to start to look at the schedule. You've got to figure out, like, are there even enough losses? you got Denver in San Antonio tomorrow. Uh, you got to root for the Denver Nuggets and Mike Malone in that situation. Of course, you've got the Pelicans game on Thursday. Kings have put themselves in a position now, and it feels so stupid to have this conversation. It feels so stupid to talk about the Sacramento Kings and what they have to do to get within two games or, or to get within four games of the Memphis Grizzlies, but more specifically what they have to do to be able to knock off teams like the San Antonio Spurs who are playing very well. And oh, by the way, the same, you know how, you know, the Kings and the Suns are the same number of games back from the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Now I, I want to preface that with, as I'm recording this, the Suns 
and the Kings are the same number of games back. I think we've got Luke Walton's press conference coming up here in just a heartbeat. We do. And right now, as we speak, the Suns are leading the Clippers 80-78. to Right now, as we speak, as I record this, as we get ready to go to the postgame, the Suns have not yet lost a game here in the bubble. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings, 0-3. Had a lead as high as 11 in this game. 26 assists in this game. Oh, let's see what Luke Walton has to say. Can you talk a little more about the decision to, to start, Corey, what you were hoping to accomplish there, um, and whether it's something you think you'll stick with moving forward? Well, we, we I was really disappointed in our, in our defensive intensity, uh, our physicality the first two games that we were here. So, um, you know, Corey is, is probably our best defender. Um, and, you know, we needed, we needed someone out there to kind of help just get us to where we need to be to start games as far as energy-wise. And that was kind of the thought process behind the decision. And I thought Corey did a perfect job of that. He was leading, he was vocal, he was picking up full court. So, um, you know, he did what, you know, what we wanted him to do. And as far as going forward, that was more for, for today. And then we'll look up, you know, we, you know, Dallas has unique circumstances with their players and Luca and Porzingis at the center. Uh, we'll reevaluate uh, and see what the matchups look like for the next game. All right, last one. Follow up, James Ham. Hey, Luke. Um, number one, uh, I guess your players got in position where they could have drawn fouls on multiple times, but they they don't draw fouls. They don't like get into players. But you watch what the the Mavs were able to do. I mean, of the fifty to twelve discrepancy, whatever it is, how much of that is on your players, and how much of it do you think is an officiating issue? Well, I think there's a good amount on our players, James. I, I do think we're uh, we we talk about it all the time. We show film on it. We, we you know we can't grab it, you know to get around screens. We gotta keep our hands out, show our hands, and come and not come down. Um, so I do think when I go back and watch the film, there's going to be a good amount that's on us, and, and that's something we continue to harp about with our guys. Um, and, and, and hopefully it's games like this that really help speed that lesson along because uh, that's a game that we probably should have won um, if it wasn't for sending them to the left foul line 50 times. And, I mean, I just – and maybe we fouled them every time. I've just never seen that before where one team shoots 50 free throws and another team shoots 12. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't like Dallas was just a big attacking the paint. They shot 43s as well. Both teams had the same amount of points in the paint. So, again, I'll watch it, but it, 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 it um, but yeah, we, we are definitely part, you know, responsible for, for some of that stuff. Right, so a couple of things. We're kind of responsible for the way we played. Just a little bit. We're we're we've, we're just a little bit responsible for what happened. But damn, I've never seen referees call a game the way that they called this one. I'm sure the referees made some mistakes along the way, just as the players did, just as I do, just as you do. We all make mistakes in our jobs. Hell, the podcast I did this morning, I was stumbling over my words for about the first fifteen to twenty minutes. Now I'm drinking in this one. I haven't stumbled once. Maybe that's the trick. As soon as he said film, by the way, I took my. My last little swig here of my Terramana. If you haven't had Terramana yet, I, I strongly suggest it. It sips like a high-end tequila. If you've ever had like a, a really high-end tequila, like a 1942 or a, uh, a Casa Azul, something like that, 
it and you know you you, you don't shoot those you, you sip them you don't mix them with fruity nonsense you just you sip along Terramana is it's about thirty two dollars thirty thirty two dollars a bottle as opposed to like Casa Azul which is like a it's like a hundred and you know hundred and eight I think. Uh, 1942 is about 120 and they're worth it like if you're a, if you're a tequila drinker they're worth it and they're great for kings games because you slowly sip them and the slower you sip them you fill up get it got a little little refill topped it off a little bit by the time halftime rolled around as you do that you realize man this game is significantly more palpable it's a lot easier to watch and then you can play drinking games with Luke Walton I'm sure the refs dropped the ball on a couple of those calls, but 12 to 50, you think they might have made that many mistakes? 12 to 50. You're going to put it on the referees? Come on, fam. No, let's see what De'Aaron says. Dude, just to wake up out of this, uh, this funk that you guys are in. Oh, I mean, I think for 44 minutes... 45 minutes, we played well. Um, you know, we got shots we wanted. We were able to get stops. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we can't allow a team to shoot 50 free throws. Rather, if it's us actually fouling or if it's refs, it's just, it is what it is. Um, but we can't allow a team to shoot 50 free throws. Sean Cunningham. Um, in the fourth quarter, Darren, just what were your observations that kind of went wrong in that quarter for you guys? Um, I mean, we gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we kind of just didn't execute. I mean, we were, we were still in the game. We were where we wanted to be. But at the end of the day, like I said, um, we're getting stopped, but we're putting them on the free throw line. And that's, I mean, that's where we, obviously, we could have executed a lot better. But I think that's where we lost the game. Marshall Harris. Aaron, you guys uh, were doing a lot of things in uh, overtime. Uh, it seemed like more isolation. Uh, was fatigue a factor at all? And what do you think happened with the offense in overtime? Uh, no, I mean, we kind of got matchups. Uh, I think I took you know two bad shots in overtime. Um, uh, I mean, I just got to be able to give us a better chance to win than that. But uh, I mean, you, live and, you live and you learn. All right, we'll go. We'll we'll, we'll go ahead and cut it there. De'Aaron's trying to say the right things. You can see he's frustrated. Uh, he again had a, 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 a decent game. I mean, twelve of twenty-seven from the field. Probably not the numbers you want from him, but he had to be aggressive. Harrison Barnes wasn't aggressive today. Uh, Rashawn Holmes just—it never seemed like he really got into a rhythm again. Corey Joseph played forty-two minutes. The only players to shoot a double-digit number of shots were De'Aaron, as I just mentioned, though. Bogey one of fifteen from the field. Uh, Kent Bazemore, who was 6 of 16, he had 16 points. And then Buddy Heald, he finished the game 8 of 20. 14 uh, of those three-pointers were, uh, excuse me, 14 of those field goals were three-pointers. Buddy finished with 21 points, uh, three assists, four rebounds, and four turnovers. So 0 of 3 here as the season restarts, as the bubble keeps going with a critical game against the, I don't know why I put so much emphasis on the word critical. They're all critical. It's essentially an eight-game sprint to the playoffs, which is why Luke Walton's comments yesterday pissed me off so much. It's like, if, if you're here about learning, just run practice at the house. Like, go to the Golden One Center and practice. 
Don't get the hopes up your fans thinking, man, because I'm one of the, I'm, hey, I'm not absolved of all of this. I'm an idiot too. I thought we were going to be talking about the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Kings. And the only thing we're saying about the Grizzlies is they haven't won yet either. I personally wrote off Portland because just of, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I let CJ's and CJ McCollum's and Dame Lillard's comments stick in my head about, you know, maybe, maybe they're not overwhelmed about being in the bubble. Maybe not, they're, they're, they're not overwhelmed about this whole proposition. But the fact is they were all here. That's all that should have mattered. They were all here and and they've come out, you know, they've, they've, they've played some good ball. They've put themselves in position. Uh, San Antonio's put themselves in, they had a San Antonio had a hell of a game the other night against, you know, they had won their first two. They had a phenomenal game against Philadelphia, a three pointer with uh, a go ahead three with about seven or six seconds left uh, by Philly uh, gave San Antonio their first loss in the bubble. As we mentioned, New Orleans got, not only did they get their first win, but they got that win uh, at the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies. So they said so they did they did kind of double duty uh, with that win there. And now there's a situation. There's a very real situation that could play out where if the Memphis Grizzlies continue to lose game lose games, Portland or San Antonio crawls into that eight spot. And now maybe it's the New Orleans Pelicans trying to catch the Memphis Grizzlies for the ninth spot. And what a, I mean, what a psychological disaster that would be for the Memphis Grizzlies to not only lose the eighth spot during this eight-game playoff, but potentially to lose the ninth spot as well. And with Portland playing the way that they are and with San Antonio playing the way that they are, you know, this is these, these are real opportunities. Portland has a hell of a test uh, in front of them tonight as they take on the Houston Rockets. We gave you the San Antonio Spurs schedule, and of course, uh, coming up on Thursday, the first game of a doubleheader. By the way, the Bucks beat the the the, uh, the Nets beat the Bucks today, or some semblance of the Brooklyn Nets beat the Milwaukee Bucks today. I don't know why my voice is so elevated. This happens every time I watch a Kings game and do a post game show, particularly when they lose. My voice gets elevated, and I sound angry. Maybe I am a little bit angry. I'm not angry. They don't have that many controls over my, my emotions, that much control over my emotions, but I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because they played well enough to win this game. And you can think whatever you want to about the Kings, you know, immediate future and where they're going to be in five more games when this is all over. But damn, can you get a dub? Can you get one? And now we've been waiting months. We've been waiting since March for this matchup against the against the New Orleans Pelicans, and we got it. I was mentioning the uh, – I was kind of stalling for time there as this, this score was coming up because I knew uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't play big minutes tonight, and he didn't. He played 16. Actually, most of the Milwaukee Bucks starters played uh, on the lower end of minutes. But credit to our guy Garrett Temple, credit to Jamal Crawford, uh, credit to those seven replacement players that stepped in and stepped up for the Brooklyn Nets – Think about what I just said. Seven replacement players have more wins than the Sacramento Kings doing this restart. The Brooklyn Nets, who the Sacramento Kings will take on on Friday, just beat the best team in the league. Now, I don't care that Giannis Antetokounmpo only played 16 minutes or Chris Middleton only played 16 minutes. The Bucks are stacked, and the Nets beat them. 
the Nets more wins than the Sacramento Kings. Oh, man. I'm sorry, man. I don't know why I'm yelling. I feel like I'm yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. I just feel like I'm yelling while you're listening. I don't mean to do that. But I'm thankful you listened. I'll tell you what the schedule is. I'm trying to figure out if there's something else. I got my notes in front of me. I want to make sure there's nothing else I want to yell about. Did I yell enough about Buddy? Did we mention Luka Doncic's numbers? How about Chris Tops Porzingis? How about the day that he had? Uh, Chris Tops Porzingis, uh, 6 of 18 from the field. He took 11 of those uh, free throws. He couldn't hit anything from outside, but he finished with 22, uh, 7, and 2. The plan for the rest of the week here on the HoopBall podcast, as we mentioned, uh, there's back-to-back, so we've got the Thursday game against the New Orleans Pelicans, so here's my plan for, for the rest of the week. Uh, we've got the Thursday game against the New Orleans Pelicans. That's a 10:30 start. I will cover that game uh, in great detail on the Friday edition of the podcast with the Sacramento Kings, so you could check that out for coverage of the Pelicans-Kings game. Friday, I think at 2 o'clock, we've got the Kings and the Brooklyn Nets. We'll be back immediately following that game against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and I'll have coverage of that game for you, and then we'll throw in any thoughts uh, from the New Orleans Pelicans game as well. So if you've never checked out the daily podcast entitled The Podcast with Damian Barling, here's what you could do. You could search Be Heard. That's the name of our podcast platform that we recently launched here in Sacramento. Search Be Heard. You'll see five podcasts come up. You'll see the podcast with Damian Barlin. Click on that one. Hit the subscribe button. If you're not a subscriber to the Deuce and Mo podcast yet, where you been? Hit subscribe on that one. And if you must, if you absolutely must have some post-game action, uh, click on the J Street Vibes. That's an awesome Sacramento Kings podcast with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway. Hit the subscribe button there. And then if you want something outside of sports, we encourage you to check out The Dope Ones. Uh, It's a fantastic podcast about business, entrepreneurship, about black culture, about society issues. And again, it's called The Dope Ones Podcast. It's part of the Be Heard Podcast platform. You can hit the subscription or hit the subscribe button on that one. And if you're a wrestling fan, we have one more podcast that's titled Relive. It's a documentary-style podcast that I've put together. Uh, Season one is available for you right now. Again, all part of the Be Heard Podcast platform. Kings lose again. Three straight in Orlando. 114 to 110. The Kings, now I don't know. I don't know how history is going to keep the records, to be completely honest with you. Uh, But if we're going back to the regular season and these games are somehow, I know it's not technically the regular season, it's counting as seeding games. But if these seeding games are going to the regular season record, the Kings now 11 games under 500. 11 games under 500, 28 and 39. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. I'm sure you're as frustrated as I was. Hopefully, uh, as I yelled, you yelled right back at me. And again, I hope you'll check out the podcast with Damian Barling tomorrow morning. We will be back here on the Hoopball Podcast Network immediately following the Brooklyn Nets and the Sacramento Kings on Thursday, Friday, on Friday. Uh, But before we go, I do want to remind you that with basketball being back, with sports being back, my bookie is back. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with the start of the NBA season here, uh, with playoff games quickly approaching, with baseball still happening, with NFL allegedly right around the corner, 
Uh, MyBookie is the place to go to place your bets, and we've got some incentives for you. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. In addition to drinking, betting could actually make Sacramento Kings games more fun, depending on what side of the bet uh, you land on. Uh, join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, uh, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. Again, they will match your deposit 100%. All you got to do, enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL with my bookie, and you'll get, um, they'll match your deposit 100% plus that $10 MLB future voucher. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple you bet, you win, they pay. I thank you so much for tuning in here to the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HOOPBALL and the HOOPBALL Podcast Network. We'll see you Friday afternoon.